thanks for listening. I'm Chris Wagenti, and this is Who Gets It Naturally. Music was composed and performed by V. Caritis. I am not selling anything, diagnosing anything, offering any cures, or replacing your doctor. I'm just sharing my passion for natural products and alternatives. If you're pregnant, please consult your doctor before trying anything new. Everyone is different, so you may need to tweak the recipes a bit to work for you. Always start with the least amount of essential oils. You can always add, you can't take away. Remember, these remedies don't last forever. You need to reapply as needed. If you're allergic to any of the ingredients I use, please substitute for something you're not allergic to. Just because it's natural doesn't mean you can't be allergic to it. Thanks for joining me. Apologies for the delay in releasing this episode. The change in pollen has been messing with me big time. So I'm sorry for releasing this episode late and thank you for your support. Today I want to talk about capsaicin. Capsaicin is a hydrophobic chemical irritant and neurotoxin in mammals, including humans. This means that all mammals, felines, canines, rodents, humans, etc., are affected by it. It produces the sensation of heat, which triggers pain receptors. It's also an anti-inflammatory, antifungal, anti-cancer, and insect repellent. It can be manufactured, but it's also found naturally in hot peppers, also called chili peppers. Jalapenos, habaneros, serranos, Carolina reapers, and so on. There's a vast array of hot peppers. The hotter the pepper, the more capsaicin. Except for bell peppers. Bell peppers contain no capsaicin because they have a recessive gene, like someone with blonde hair and blue eyes. The genes for blonde hair and blue eyes are recessive genes. Brown hair and brown eyes are dominant. So for someone to have blonde hair and blue eyes, both parents must have at least one recessive gene that gets passed on. Same for capsaicin and bell peppers. Capsaicin exists in different levels throughout the pepper, with the highest concentration being the white part connecting the seeds to the inside wall of the pepper. The seeds contain no capsaicin. Now, I've seen conflicting information on this. I'm going with the sites I trust. The seeds do not contain capsaicin. Thinking is that through natural selection and evolution, the capsaicin built up to protect the seeds. Mammals have molars, which destroy the seeds when eaten, and the dispersal process. Birds are not affected by the capsaicin, so they can eat the peppers and the seeds are not damaged through their digestion. They are dispersed whole and can germinate at a later time. There's also evidence that capsaicin may have evolved as an antifungal agent to protect the plants from a fungal pathogen known to infect wild chilies. If you looked at the ingredients of over-the-counter arthritis pain relief and joint pain relief medications, 99% of the time, capsaicin is the first ingredient. It puts the hot in icy hot, like menthol does for the icy. Capsaicin triggers pain receptors, which actually reduces pain. I know, it sounds counterintuitive, but that is part of the treat-with-like properties mentality of natural healing. Treat pain with pain-inflicting substances. Treat allergies with allergens. That's the whole idea behind local honey. Bees pollinate the honey with whatever local pollen. So if you introduce it to your body in small amounts, your body adjusts to it and reduces the allergic reaction. Supposedly. Hydrophobic means that capsaicin doesn't mix with water, kind of like oil. Water will just move it around. It won't blend with it or make it dissipate. 
fats, oils, and ethanol will dissipate capsaicin. Huh? If you think you're biting into a jalapeno, but it turns out to be a serrano, don't bother with water. It'll only move the heat around in your mouth. Drink some milk, eat a piece of bread with butter. Even taking a swig of beer will do the trick. A pepper's heat is measured in Scoville heat units, or SHUs, which was created by an American pharmacist by the name of Wilbur Scoville in the early 1900s. The Scoville scale is a linear scale, meaning that a 350,000 SHU habanero is 100 times hotter than a 3,500 SHU jalapeno. The ghost pepper, one of the hottest, measures more than 1 million SHUs. What most people consider mild actually hurts my mouth. Since my nerves are so sensitive, pain is intensified. And I've had so many issues with my teeth, pain in the mouth is something I avoid whenever possible. Black pepper doesn't get its heat from capsaicin. I can eat black pepper. Black pepper has something called a pepperine molecule that gives it its heat. Pepper spray gets its name because of the capsaicin in it. Sprayed in the face, it burns the eyes, skin, and mucous membranes it gets anywhere near. A normal initial reaction to pain in the eyes is to flush it with water. This doesn't work. If you should get pepper sprayed, flushing your eyes with milk will do a lot more than water. Excessively large amounts of capsaicin can be deadly, but the amount needed to cause harm is exponentially greater than that in a pepper. I made an anti-inflammatory with crushed cayenne pepper and called it deep to left. This is the one that I can put on my hip with no issues, but have to mix it with the carrier oil to apply it to my neck. It's a very easy recipe but it makes a lot, and dividing it isn't as easy as the other recipes. You'll need a dark bottle, amber, blue, whatever color you can get. The size of the bottle depends on the amount you make. If you're going to make the full recipe, you'll need a pint or 32 ounces of apple cider vinegar. This does come in a brown bottle. You can reuse it because the recipe calls for the 32 ounces of apple cider vinegar and one tablespoon of crushed cayenne pepper. To divide the recipe is a bit of an issue, especially if you're not great with math. I've broken it down a bit. One cup of apple cider vinegar and three quarters of a teaspoon of crushed cayenne pepper. Or half a cup of apple cider vinegar and three eighths of a teaspoon of crushed cayenne pepper, I think. If you're good at math, double check my numbers just to make sure. Pour the apple cider vinegar in a saucepan, put it on high heat to bring it to a boil. Add the crushed cayenne pepper, then lower the heat to gently boil it for five minutes. Bottle warm without straining. For those brave enough, yes, you can drink it. When I first tried this recipe, I told my massage therapist at the time about it. He was like, oh, that sounds like something I drink. Ugh. Now, from here, you can apply it with a cotton ball. I put it in a 10 milliliter roller bottle with 25 drops of a carrier oil. This is what works for me, well, on my neck anyway. That's all it takes for my neck not to feel like it's on fire when I apply it. You may need a little more or a little less carrier oil. It depends on if you're sensitive to the capsaicin and how much sensitivity there is. Even with the topical creams, there may be a bit of a burning sensation, which is normal. But if it's way too hot for you, apply a carrier oil to cool it off. Capsaicin has been proven to relieve pain in many studies. Use it to relieve pain from arthritis, fibromyalgia, muscle aches, and joint pain. 
Capsaicin has also been studied and proven to ease neuropathic pain. Now, if you're cooking with hot peppers and you get some pepper oil on your hands because you didn't think to put on a pair of gloves, even if your hands don't hurt, if you touch other parts of your body or someone else's body, it can burn. If this happens, rub a carrier oil, any carrier oil, on the part that's burning. Don't worry about which carrier oil you use. Just grab the closest one. If you're in the kitchen, olive oil might be the closest thing you can get your hands on. Go for it. It will cool off your skin quickly. Apply as much oil as needed, but do start with a small amount. If you should get any in your eyes, flush your eyes with milk. Hot peppers like tomatoes, white potatoes, eggplant, and tobacco, to name a few, are part of the nightshade family. Wait, aren't nightshades poisonous like belladonna? Some, yes. Some are good for you. But because of the family tree, excuse the pun, they can produce allergies and sensitivities similar to gluten-sensitive reactions. Nightshade sensitivity reactions can include gastrointestinal issues, including IBS, heartburn and acid reflux, joint pain, and nerve sensitization. Your body lets you know when it doesn't like something. You'll get red spots or indigestion, etc. The hard part is figuring out what triggered it. That's why elimination diets are so important. When you cook with hot peppers, there's so many different variations and many different things you can do. There's hot pepper flakes or chili pepper flakes, hot sauce, sriracha sauce, crushed or powdered peppers, like crushed cayenne pepper, pickled hot peppers, hot pepper relish, hot pepper jelly, hot pepper vinegar, or you can grill them or just chop them up and add them to salsa, guacamole, salads, just about anything, dried or fresh. You can even stuff them. If you should eat too much capsaicin, it can cause nausea, vomiting, abdominal pain, diarrhea, and a burning sensation when ingested. When inhaled, Capsaicin can trigger an asthma attack or respiratory distress in susceptible people. Medically, besides easing pain, capsaicin has been shown in many studies to kill prostate cancer cells and some breast cancer stem cells. Recently, testing started with hopes of showing a positive effect on lung cancer. Studies have shown that topical capsaicin cream can reduce the pain of cluster headaches. Various skin conditions, including psoriasis, have been successfully treated with capsaicin. However, there are many reports that the initial applications of capsaicin cream can come with minor burning, itching, and stinging, which went away after the first several applications. Remember, by nature, capsaicin induces heat. Some research shows that eating hot peppers may lower body weight, speed metabolism, help burn fat, and suppress appetite. According to DrAxe.com, quote, Like many features of healthy foods, capsaicin is very useful when aiming to prevent and treat diabetes. Consistently consuming foods high in this nutrient have proven to improve the blood sugar and insulin reactions in both men and women, and also in women with gestational diabetes, end quote. If you're pregnant and have gestational diabetes, please consult your physician before starting anything new especially if you normally don't eat hot peppers. DrAxe.com also states, quote, More recently, studies show that capsaicin can help the brain and central nervous systems in various ways. In animal studies, 
It appears to reduce neurodegeneration and memory impairment for Alzheimer's patients. In animal models of stroke, it reduces the area of infarction and improves neurological outcomes. When it comes to Parkinson's, capsaicin can be considered as potential neuroprotectant fighting against oxidative damage and lessening behavioral impairment. End quote. What? Okay. In animal studies, capsaicin lowers memory loss and degeneration from Alzheimer's, helps minimize the shaking from Parkinson's, and limits the damage to the heart and improves neurological symptoms from stroke, meaning it lessens the amount of paralysis caused by a stroke. So, I guess you have to determine if the pain of eating hot peppers is worth the potential benefits. Besides eating hot peppers and using topical cream, Capsaicin is also available in a supplement form. Capsaicin supplements are typically derived from cayenne peppers. These supplements also commonly use SHUs to measure potency. The typical range is 40,000 to 100,000 SHUs, but because they're encapsulated, you don't experience the same heat as when you eat hot peppers. One of the most common side effects of capsaicin supplements is a burning effect throughout your digestive tract. If you have acid reflux or heartburn, capsaicin-containing foods or supplements may increase your symptoms. Over time, your digestive tract becomes desensitized to capsaicin's effects, reducing the uncomfortable feeling you may experience. The supplements can also make you feel like you have a fever. They can raise your body temperature. While not dangerous, it could be very uncomfortable. While we're on the subject, they could also possibly raise your blood pressure. Something to keep in mind, especially if you don't usually eat hot peppers. Definitely start with a low dose and talk to your healthcare provider for guidance. There's an abundance of research on capsaicin. A few things to keep in mind. It's a neurotoxin. It affects everyone differently. The hotter the pepper, the higher the amount of capsaicin. It is hydrophobic. Water won't reduce the pain of the heat. Use fats, oils, or ethanol milk, carrier oil, or beer, for examples, to dissipate it quickly. If you have a garden, hot peppers would make a great addition. They naturally deter pests like squirrels, insects, and fungus, but they won't keep the birds away. I think I mentioned in the lavender episode, I could kill weeds, so I don't feel right about offering any other advice on the garden, but I will add that peppers are a fruit, not a vegetable. Capsaicin does repel insects, so it's a great natural pesticide. Sprinkle some crushed cayenne pepper around the windowsills, in the corners, under the sinks, wherever pests can get in. If you have pets, they'll naturally stay away from it too. Well, they should. Like people, some pets are stupid. Kids, on the other hand, may need experience to teach them to stay away. But even at that, you can relieve the burn quickly. Use the milk, not the beer. Before I close out this episode, I just want to mention that I have joined Buy Me a Coffee. If you've never heard of it, it's a site where fans can show their support with a post, a one-time donation, or a membership. I offer four tiers of memberships that offer one-on-one time with me. Depending on the tier, I'll give you options to create the recipes you need, or I'll work with you to find exactly what you need. What's the difference? I'll either give you options or I'll give you specifics to try, then help you tweak the recipe until it's perfect for you. The best part? Buy Me A Coffee doesn't require you to sign up or log in, and they never keep any of your information. 
you can check out the options on my page at www.buymeacoffee.com slash VO by Gypsy 4. That's www.buymeacoffee.com slash V-O-B-Y-J-Y-P-S-E-E-4. That's the number four. As always, if you have any questions or suggestions, please feel free to email me at vobygypsy at usa.com. You can follow me on X and Instagram at vobygypsy. You can also catch posts, pics, and leave me a message at buy me a coffee. Or LinkedIn, search either Chris Wagenti, Who Gets It Naturally, or voiceovers by Gypsy. Please download this episode and make Who Gets It Naturally a favorite on your preferred channel so you don't miss an episode. Thanks for listening. The next episode will be published on Friday, September 1st.